Good evening, nerd and nerdettes. Welcome to another episode of Your Inner Nerd. This is your host, Skylar, also known as Zed. We have something different tonight. Darian is not with us, but I have a small assortment of people. I have Jets, who's had his own episode. I have Sting Daddy, and I have Waring. Y'all want to say hi? So we're going to we're going to jump right into the topic today. We've been playing D&D a little bit and it's been a lot of fun. So I want Stan, can you kind of just explain D&D a little bit for those that don't yeah. really know or understand it? Yeah, of course. Uh, D&D also known as the scourge of the 80s. People have been playing it for it's been around for a very long time. There's uh, it's a board game, tabletop and it's really just a role-playing game. Uh, a lot of imagination is used. There's different types of dice, papers, d- books. There's just knowledge upon knowledge and tomes upon tones on D&D. And it's been around for quite some time, like I said. It's become increasingly popular and popular since its introduction. We're now in the fifth edition. This It's like the fifth era of D&D, the fifth module, the fifth game, so to speak. And it, it's just, it's stuck for words because it's just so expansive and it covers almost everything from fiction to nonfiction. There's a lot of lore. It depends on what module you have. There's Star Wars D&D. There's, what was it that a Raven was playing? She called it something specific. There's, oh, I can't even remember. Crap. I can't remember what it's called, but she plays a specific, a Pathfinder. That's what it's called. Pathfinder, uh, yeah. It's a branch off of D&D. So it, it's just so expansive and there's different classes. There's different things you can choose, races, and everything is by chance there's different types of dice if any of you have played monopoly there's a six-sided die that you roll i think you get two of them in monopoly there are four-sided dies six-sided dies eight-sided 10 12 all the way up to 20 uh and there's actually 100-sided die that i have here and it looks like a giant ball but basically it is a game of chances you roll the dice to see if you succeed in completing a task or making an attack and it's story driven rpg for sure and it's just it is expansive and massive i cannot say that enough it's it's quite interesting because you have all these you go like by the monopoly standards where you have editions so you like have the star wars edition monopoly has that so D has that too is star wars like the only edition that they have or do they do others there's a steampunk oh, edition i've there's that's right there about. is a steampunk yeah. they just yeah. came out with a rick and morty edition. <laughs> there's it, there is a form of D for almost everything star wars and what we're playing right now is the most popular too which i find really interesting like that they're you're able to take star wars everybody loves star wars if you don't there's something wrong with you but (laughs) uh, everybody loves star wars and you can put it into that like just like monopoly but you can put it into um a board game where there's role play so that's i would love to see like footage of that like role play of that like how you react in that scenario yeah i'm actually uh scrolling through it right now the platform that we use it's fully virtual we're social distance because of covid and distance is called roll 20 and there are over 70 different types of D&D games you can play on Roll20 at the current moment. Well, yeah, it's massive. And we've been playing one and it's my first time. I think Jets, it's your first time. Yep. 
and Loring is it your first time? So it's been a while since I played D and D last four years or so. So basically, like brand new. Me, I'm having a lot of fun. Like I thought, but I did this with WoW. So when I was younger, I I had seen my brothers playing WoW, and I was like, oh. You fucking nerds. I just thought, who would play that? And of course, I fell in love with WoW. And so I did that with yes. the D&D. D&D is really nerdy, but I, I started playing it. I actually really enjoy it. Like, I can't wait for our sessions when we have them. Yeah, that that is a very common misconception with Dungeons & Dragons, that it is a nerd thing. And it is to the to the extent of people being a nerd about it and loving it and wanting to learn more. Because once you get that first taste of it, you're drive to learn more about it and your drive to play it increase tenfold everybody loves it i've played with employees at work they'd always haggle me and heckle me and make fun of me for playing it and i was like you guys laughing at me how about one night instead of you playing poker on a friday night let me come over let me bring my stuff and we ended up running a campaign every thursday night for the last four or five years now because they loved it so much we still play virtually because of COVID, we're still social distanced, but they became nerds and they've spent hundreds of dollars on books just like me. That's I think if you're so a human funny. and if you have an imagination, uh, D&D is for you. And that, I think that's almost yeah. everybody. Oh, oh yeah. It, well, it, it, has no, it. it has no prerequisites, no background. You love it because you get to do what you want to do in your mind. You can replicate that and escape reality. I think it's the same thing with like books, right? Like you're painting everything around you in your head. You know what I mean? Like yes. we're lucky with, so I mean like when I played before it was tabletop and our DM would draw everything out. He was a pretty good drawer, but yeah. like with roll 20, right? Like you have the maps and you know, so we can see the pillars and whatnot, but you can really bring it into that three dimensional uh, scene in your head. I think that's what really like pulls people in. Yes, for sure. And there, there is a positive and negative, I believe we were going to discuss it later on, to playing virtually as opposed to playing at a tabletop. The social aspect you gather at a table with a group of your friends on a night that you've all chosen and dedicated to coming together and socializing and playing this game, That it, there's no other feeling like that. But at the same time, a good trade-off for an alternative for not being able to do that is roll 20 thankfully they've created it as closely to a tabletop as they can and like loring is just saying there are visual aspects that you get like i can show you pictures maps i can block off rooms that you're not in so you cannot use information that you would not know and there's just a lot of pros and cons but i will say hands down 10 times out of 10 i will always choose being at a table with my friends, making these memories in person over a roll 20, just because it's just a lot more fun when you roll a dice out onto a table and everybody is clenched seeing what it's going to land. And if you get a nat 20, which we'll discuss what that is later on, everyone just goes cheers, claps. It's a beautiful thing. It's so much fun. What I'm gathering is staying saying that our session, we went when COVID is past or everybody's got their vaccinations we all need to get together and actually do ours in person yeah there are people who know each other virtually like we all do and they will all pitch in get together and fly to someone's house and stay for a week and play four days out of seven D D games just the whole day spend a week with their friends and then go out on the town have fun with each other drink come back and play more D D. And then they, they'll do that like once a year. That's what people do. And it's it really brings people together from any background. It's amazing. 
I think I think that would be actually really fun. I think Jets yeah, would no, really hate that. But that sounds awesome. And then I get to harass Jets in person. I was yeah. gonna say this sounds absolutely terrible. But make <laughs> make sure it's on the beach and we have good whiskey and all. I was gonna in. say. So yeah. the problem here is, I think we Jets and I have the biggest house with the most rooms. So that's where we would have to like you. You want to go to someone's house. We have too many spare bedrooms. We have no spare bedrooms at all. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was um, gonna say this yeah. house fits too. <laughs> if it's two people, <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to go rent a house for a week out on the yeah, beach. Airbnb. Or... Yeah. Yeah. So we, me and my friends, actually, the group that I told you we were, we played every Thursday for about four or five years now. We are planning on renting a house in July, I believe. We're renting it for four days. And we are going to play D&D because some of us live in Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So we're all driving down to Georgia and meeting in the middle for the Florida people. And we're all going to play Dungeons and Dragons this summer for about four days. And it's going to be beautiful. See, that sounds extremely fun. That would be really hard for our session because we're all over the place. I think Raven even lives in Alaska. And that Raven would, would be closer the hardest. to us. Yeah, she oh, lives really? closer to us. Yeah, we're not like real close, but... Yeah, like, well, I mean, like Diana lives in Peru, right? Yeah, Diana's in Peru, so that would be really hard. Yeah, that would be the hardest, actually. I, I forgot about flight. Diana. Go to Peru. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just all go to Peru and make it easier for her. So we're <laughs> playing Baldur's Gate Avernus. Is that pronounced right? It is called Baldur's Gate: Descent into Avernus. And yeah. So if if you haven't played that one yet, there's going to be some spoilers, I'm sure. Just a yeah, warning to all the listeners. I would definitely. There are spoiler-free reviews on YouTube that you can look into if you're interested, by the way. Uh, there's videos all over the internet, but this will definitely spoil at least the first two or three sessions. We're not very far, so it won't be too yeah. many spoilers. <laughs> yeah, you guys are actually progressing quite well, and I was astonished how quick you're picking up on the character sheet and how to make roles and stuff like that. Like The first session, I, I expected it to be a day zero type thing where I'm teaching left and right. Second session, I expected it, and I actually only had to answer two or three questions the entire session. I was really astonished and taken back by that. You guys did amazing. I was in character like most of the time too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The interactions were hilarious. Some of them were a little brutal, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the guy's laughing those. He's uh, kidnapped people, <laughs> dressed them yeah, up my... as these horrible creatures and sent them on their way to be killed. Got covered in twice, twice now. Yeah, I've just got a chaotic evil character. And the first night I didn't know quite what to do or what, how to interact with the, these NPCs. And then the second time, it's like, okay, I've got my character sheet in front of me. I know yep. most of my spells, know what to do. I'm going to start choking people. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a total of three different people you tried choking. Oh, <laughs> and that that was a, it, it was a weird infatuation with having your hand grasped around their neck. <laughs> it was weird. Every person I, like we would encounter, or I was with Jets, I'm going to grab them by the throat. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then the few times that you didn't roll so well, you fell into a pool. There's just different things that can happen with D&D. &D and and it's, so it's... I think that is really funny. Like when you roll yes. a terrible roll, you, there's consequence. And so it's like you said, you fall into a pool or you slip on a piece or you slip on something wet and you fall on your back. Like I, that to me is hilarious because at least there's consequence for your shitty actions. <laughs> yes, yeah. And to describe it to the viewers, when we're talking about rolls, there is a picture, a 20-sided die. There is a 1 in 20 chance that you will completely fail whatever you're trying to do. So doing something like, I want to intimidate this person into giving me their purse. You have to roll the dice, and 
your role based off the DM's discretion decides whether you succeed, how well you succeed or how horribly you fail. And he got a pretty low roll. I think it was a crit one, wasn't it? And yeah. fell into the tub. Yep. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. lowest possible number on that die you rolled and fell into the tub of the person you were trying to interrogate. Tub full of uh, piss water. Yep. Yes, you you did intimidate them into peeing the tub and then proceeded to fall into it. Actually, I forgot yes. about that. <laughs> Can we talk about clinks for a minute or clink? Oh my good god. Oh gosh. <laughs> I think this is a good example of like you are seeing the world around you and you can interact with it and it's it's all in your head. The dungeon master is just describing the story very well, what you see, and uh, Staying Daddy is, does an outstanding job of that. And so Loring Thank here, you. he uh, was obsessed with clinks. Tell us about clinks. Oh, uh, do you want me to? Uh, Staying, do you want to? You want to? I, I can give a little oh. disposition of him and the uh, the event, and I'll let you describe what you were trying to do. Okay. <laughs> so our characters found themselves in a bar searching for information about a group of cultists that they were trying to uh, stop from terrorizing the city. We walked into the bar, and Loring's character. What's your character's name again? Uh, Jaharis, the uh, necromancer, is a necromancer who found himself quite interested in this inanimate, or I'm sorry, animated suit of armor that was acting as a bouncer for the bar. It was uh, positioned right near the entrance to the bar, and as soon as this encounter started, when our heroes, anti-heroes, whatever they are at the moment, walked into the bar, (laughs) Jaharis was infatuated with the suit of armor. Because it was moving around, clanking around, and it was—it's basically a spell that was cast on it, and the bar just hired it as a bouncer. And I'll let you go from here. It's just like what you were trying to do with it, it, why you were so interested in it, and why it's a funny little gimmick going on. Because my guy's a necromancer, and, and for those who don't know or like don't have a lot of knowledge, right? Like a lot of times in video games, necromancers—they're not evil like a lot of games, or a lot of people will think, or most books will portray them. Most of the yeah. time, it's they try to maintain that life and death balance, but they do a lot of reanimation. Right? Like that's a big part of their spell skill set, mm-hmm. and so seeing. The armor animated, right? Uh, like I was like, oh, my character needs to try to figure out who either who cast this spell, how do they do it? Because we're all really low level right now. We don't have a lot of advanced spells or anything like that. And so it was really, I just wanted to try to figure it out. Because that's something I felt for my character would be really useful later on. Either knowing who did it, trying to find them in the off time, or being able to copy the spell and learn it. Or maybe even just getting to talk to Clinks and be like, hey man, you want to just like come run with us like yeah and the fact that it, the reason it was so funny for us is because we're all in here trying to complete our goal of finding out the information that we need meanwhile jaharis is in the corner trying to recruit a suit of armor <laughs> and it's just stuff like that the situational things that are hilarious a suit of armor of all things that's two tanks right like you can't beat that <laughs> Oh yeah, he he was very powerful. It, it it was a good situation for you to explore your necromancy for sure, and I was really happy that you were interacting with him. Spoil it for me. Can Clinks become a follower? He could theoretically. Whether mm-hmm. if Loring was successful in completing his little necromancy thing and discovering the spell, he could have his own suit of armor, follow mm-hmm. him around. But a Clinks could theoretically be recruited with the proper motivation and good roles, of course. Well, and so I was thinking about it because we were down in uh, that cave. I don't want to spoil too much, and, and so I'm trying to think. Like, what... we've, we've already told everybody that there's going to be some spoilers. So. Yeah. 
Okay, so at that altar where they were sacrificing the guy, there was a suit of armor that was there that was all mangled. And I was thinking about it, I was like, man, like, if I could have figured out more about clinks, like maybe I could have you know, been able to use that. Because those guys were really strong, to be real. Yes. That, but that suit of armor was actually horribly ruined. Like, it was yes. useless. Well, but I mean, but a reanimation thing, at least that's another target for them to have It to would have it, been right? very similar to Clank's as far as stats go, but his health would have been a lot lower because it's a crappier piece of armor. Right. And th- things like that. And you could take him to a blacksmith and have him repaired for gold and stuff like that, or complete a side quest for the blacksmith. There, there's different things. Every door opens up to hallway filled with 16 more staying i have a question for you yes now are you gonna do is there a script for these suits of armor that we can create and if i ask it a question what are you doing and can we, well actually would you allow it to ask the question of like what's my purpose can i be like to get butter yeah yeah no that and then he just puts his hands to his face oh god like i think that would be hilarious what's my purpose to go die i don't know yeah yeah that's that's what you have with these three skulls that are skeletons that you've recruited at the moment they have one purpose and it's to do whatever the hell you tell them to do oh that's great yeah it's a funny interaction so we're at the altar and there's the words and uh, i read them and you ask me uh, loud or not and, yeah, uh, you're like, are you read, reading them out loud or to yourself? Yeah. And I read them in my head because I do not want the consequences. And then says, for me, I'm like, I'm doing it. He reads well, it out right. loud, and now he has three followers. Well, it's yeah. so amazing. thing was like, oh, think about it in a in a magical way. And I was like, okay, I don't want to read it out loud in case it's. Me, I'm like, I don't spell. give a fuck. I'm reading that shit out loud. I'm trying sure. to. I'm trying Negative to decipher. If it's yeah. going to hurt us or explode or See, whatever. What you guys like... keep forgetting, though, is we have Tor. Tor's there to help protect us. Yeah. <laughs> Tor can't keep us from all dying from an altar exploding because it's trapped, mm. right? Like... I've, got, I've got Thunderclap. I don't need Tor. <laughs> our uh, Tor is our tank. She, Tor is played by Raven, our barbarian tank, which is our beefiest character meant to take a lot of the damage so our other characters can do damage. And I have to just give a shout out to Raven. She does such an amazing job. Yeah, I have this uh, funny thing going on where my character really doesn't think we need a uh, need that character around. So, yeah, I like pat the character on the shoulder and what do you what do you think, big guy? <laughs> yeah, she's three feet taller than you. Yeah. Pat him on the shoulder. <laughs> it, it, it's really is great how you guys are progressing, though. You're learning very quick, and it's really difficult to get a footing for Roll20 because it, it's different from any video games. It's different from anything that people would usually be used to on a uh, computer platform. It, it's there. It's very particular in what you need to do as far as make rolls. There is a chat section. The tokens. If you guys saw, so you guys have the player version. You're on the player side of roll twenty. If you look at it from a dungeon master side, for every three menus you have to go through, I have to go through six to change oh, a stat. Yeah, like I can adjust. I could turn the whole map purple if I wanted to. There's just, there's different things that DMs have to go through. And I feel so bad for people who've never played before because they're like you guys, because you had to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons and play Roll20. It's two separate things. Roll20 just hosts Dungeons and Dragons. You gotta, you gotta get into the mindset and learn how to play it to play on Roll20. And you guys are doing amazing at it. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's actually pretty... Once you get the hang of it, it's pretty fun. So what are we missing out from not experiencing it in person? In person, actually rolling the dice, one is 
a million times more satisfying. I'm going to say that right now. I probably <laughs> have 80 dice right now. I have a bag full of dice oh. and, a, and a crown bag, a crown royale bag. I probably have 80 dice. To, yeah. This yeah. is how many yeah. dice I've got, baby. I, I keep the <laughs> dice in the car for good luck, man. So <laughs> I, I understand that, though, because like I played Magic the Gathering, and I have the same thing. I have an old crown bag full of fucking dice for my decks. Yes. Yeah. So, and... I, I and you'll come to believe like there's superstitions that you will pick up like I'm not rolling this green dice because I have always rolled low on it and I believe it's cursed and so you'll just pick out a random one there's little things that you'll pick up and it, that you miss out on being in person one the social aspect like when something amazing happens you hear everybody cheer at the same time and y'all look around everyone's smiling you, you can't replicate that online and I, I can't express how much i wish you guys could see like all of this go down but as far as being at a table uh rolling dice the socialization and the overall feel of me being able to read a passage to you guys describe a room and then draw it out on a map and you move your tokens with your hands it, there's just it's really just an aesthetic thing roll 20 does like Loring was saying earlier, does a very good job of giving you better visuals because you guys are the map you're playing on right now. Like uh, you're moving your token from room to room. That would be in my dungeon master's book. And I would have to draw that out for you on a, not a chalkboard, but a dry erase board. Mm. And you guys would move your tokens around on the dry erase board. So he is right about it, providing better visuals, but there's just a more aesthetic appeal to being at a table with all of your friends on a night you've delegated. I imagine it's almost the atmosphere is intoxicating too. Like it's fun. Yes, especially if you've been drinking. Yeah, I was just about to say you can order so food, have drinks, right? But, but like, just like in a, just the atmosphere, the, the moods, everything. It's just really intoxicating and really addictive because it's so much fun. Yes, and, and and not even just that, but the way the encounters are set up. You, if you feed off other people's energy, like if you're all been drinking, it's towards the end of the night. You guys are almost at the boss, and you walk in. And there could be a door to the left that bypasses the entire boss. And anyone who has been drinking is just like, nah, screw that. I'm going to go fight him. That pulls <laughs> everyone else into the encounter. That's and yeah, it's just the atmosphere is a million times better. And it, it's much harder to interrupt someone because the whoever is speaking has the attention. Everybody's heads is turned to them. And it's much harder to interrupt someone who's talking that way, too. I know sometimes we overlap just ever so slightly. And it's not like a rude thing. It's just something because we, we, we're not looking at each other's faces when we're talking. Exactly. Yeah, it's hard to understand when somebody's going to talk when it's virtual because we're not actually seeing each other. We're not face to face. We're not in that session together. Yeah. And I, I do have a question for you, the players. Uh, how is your learning process going on your end? Do you still feel overwhelmed with how Roll Twenty works and D and D works, or yeah, the first night was pick up on it. It's really overwhelming. The second yeah. night, I'm really starting to pick up on it. There's still things where I can tell there's five things I need to just from uh, muscle memory know where to go on my character yes. sheet to roll specifically, and I'll yes. do that all the time. But I still don't know where those are yet, and I'm still like trying to remember where those are, but otherwise mm. it's pretty easy. See, for me, I think it's knowing when to roll, like when to roll, you know, investigation or it's learning those cues. So the, so you don't always have to say roll investigation, right? I know that's like semi part of your job, but it's also on us to, to be able to do that and you not to hold our hand. Yeah. 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 So 
the way that works is you walk into a room, you got all of your friends with you. There is no set turn based. There's no order of people. Like when you walk into a bar, someone's going, all right, I want to go sit at the counter and order a drink. And then the other guy's like, well, I was going to do that. There's no turn order. So you both go up together. Okay. And the, the way that the roles work is if you roll something in chat while I'm describing to the room, once I'm finished describing the room, you, I will ask you what you're rolling to see. I, I was rolling investigation to see where the back door is because I want to have a quick exit strategy in case something goes sideways in here. That is a good way to set up your environment when you first enter a room. You can roll for whatever you want. Think like in your character, like, all right, I walk into a room. What is my character going to do? And is it something I have to roll for? So anything that you would have to look around would be investigation. I walk into a room. What do I see right off the bat? I would have you roll perception instead of investigation because you're not searching. You're just looking for what you, and how you perceive things. So there's just different things that you can do. And you there there is a turn order whenever combat comes around. And I think you guys picked up on that pretty quick. Well, once you guys fight something, we all roll to see who goes first in the turn order and who is followed by who. And the NPCs get turns too. But Which I think I, is really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are doing great with that. Uh, this session was much more interactive. I, I loved having to come up with stuff on the spot with jets slipping in the tub. And <laughs> you guys... yeah, I was going to ask you, so how much of the world is provided by the module we're playing and how much of the world are you creating? Okay, so the map that you guys see, the bathhouse and the dungeon below, all of that is created, the rooms are described, and all of the NPCs are previously like added to it. So it creates the map, the NPCs, and has backstories for them. I create their interactions, what they're doing, and their if you interact with them, their reactions to you based off of your appearance, your history, how well you're known and what you're known for. So that is what I'm creating because the, the people who write this, the Wizards of the Coast, they cannot predict if a yeah. character is solid 100% Captain America good or <laughs> like complete polar opposite evil. And right. usually it's polar opposite evil. And that's what we're leaning towards a little bit of chaotic side here. But overall, you guys are plowing through the uh, dungeon, taking out all these cultists. So I really should have asked for that massage. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there is a situation. There's situations. If you get into the massage, you notice that your uh, coin purse has gone missing when you put your gear back on. <laughs> like there, there's this different things that I can do depending on like your out of character karma with these situations. Yeah, can and... we talk about that for a minute? Cause jets has no fucking karma anymore. <laughs> I'm a really good guy. Long shadow is just nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lie. <laughs> yeah. One thing I appreciate like playing D and D over playing a role playing computer game is we're always driving our characters in a role playing computer game, like a uh, Daisy role player. And I'd love it if, like, maybe more players there could roll a dice and maybe not succeed. But, like, in Daisy Roleplay, you you succeed yeah. if you're just the better PvPer. But uh, what if you rolled the dice and the holdup went bad because of random chance? Yeah, like uh, you, your gun jams, like, right off the bat. Yeah. First bullet out the chamber, the next one up, jams. So I used to roleplay on uh, Star Wars Old Republic, the MMO. 
And that's how we had our system set up for it. It was like any kind of like action was a role. It was like very D&D-ish and how it was based. And it would cause some hilarious moments. Like you go throw your lightsaber and when you go to throw it, you fumble and hit the button and you just fling the hill, right? There's no blade. And I think it, it really does add that good element of a, you can fail. Yes, you can most certainly fail in anything you try to do in D&D. And a, the lowest possible roll, a crit one, is always a fail, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I just like to add hilarious aspects to it and stuff that makes it more challenging for you. I'm, I'm not going to punish you and say you fall on your sword and you take six damage. I'm always going to keep the damage low if you do something like that. But uh, I will never disarm you and make you take damage, though. Like, I, I'm not going to leave you hanging that far. But uh, as much as you can succeed, you most certainly will fail an equal amount of times. And I think that's important. I think, And I think when you go into roleplay on a computer game like DayZ or Grand Theft Auto, you, you go in wanting to succeed and wanting to win. And people forget that it's okay to lose. It's okay to fail. Because it makes for a better story. Like Jets yes. falling in the tub full of piss. Yeah, that was right. hilarious. It, it everybody got a, better a good story. laugh, and everybody got to interact with my character uh, who just embarrassed himself. He was trying to intimidate the person in the tub and get some yep. knowledge, and then I was probably going to rob him. But instead, I fall in, and everybody's oh, mocking this character. Of course, he feels pretty angry at his teammates about them mocking him, so there will be repercussions for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really important that you keep that uh, going, too, because... As much as you interact with a town and the citizens may hate you, you must also interact and hate each other or love each other. Yep, yep. Yeah. And if and, like you look at my character is just a flat out asshole. Like, yeah, I can't stand <laughs> your fucking character. Oh, he's an <laughs> asshole. He is a fucking asshole. But that's because that's what I think my character would be. Like he is a chaotic, bad, evil character. Like he's only in it for himself. He wants money and that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about everybody else. Like, yeah. I think our two most moral characters would be Tor and and diana's character yep yep (laughs) and they're not necessarily goody two-shoes either though so diana 100 is i don't know because she went into a room saw a person tied up and unconscious tried to help them and gave up halfway through (laughs) (laughs) she she, she needs a little bit of uh, ego boosting right to help her through (laughs) it but she is the will be the most morally character i think when she gets careful i'll corrupt that character (laughs) (laughs) still Um, don't know how that guy was tied up yeah, yeah, what the uh, hell happened? I, I wonder, Jesus. Long Shadow, how did he get tied up? Um, for, for those of you who are curious, go see said stream. <laughs> you will be able to see, if you want to see our D&D sessions, you can go view my stream. I'll give you guys the link. It's hilarious. So you, yeah, you play a couple of groups right now, right? Yeah, I'm currently running three different campaigns. <laughs> Dungeon Master and all of them? I am currently DMing two of the three, and I just switched to a player in my third one. Okay, and uh, so do you just prefer to be the DM or play, or you just like it all? It usually falls upon me. Uh, Okay. People like DMing, but it's just a lot of work. And I'm not meaning this to sound cocky or arrogant in any way. People, My friends have always told me that I'm the better DM of the group because my world-building skills are a little bit better. And it's really, it really just comes down to social aspect. Are you good at bullshitting and talking and coming yeah. up with stuff on the fly and being witty? Because for yeah, you're playing you, 30 characters in a night, whereas I'm playing yes. one character. Yeah. Yes. And most of my characters are dying. 
<laughs> yeah. So whenever you guys roll a crit one, that's amazing for me because that's one of my characters not dying and, and getting an attack on you. <laughs> but uh, and, and it's also great for me when you do roll crit nat 20s and you succeed amazingly without flaw in whatever you're trying to do because I get to come up with something right off the bat. I think you enjoy it though. I see like anytime like we come in, I can see how it would be you would want to be a player, but I I also see that you enjoy it. Like you have a lot of fun doing it. Yes, I do. It gets a little overwhelming whenever a party actually doesn't interact as much because <laughs> for everything you guys don't do, I have to try and push you in a direction to keep you interacting because if we played a game and you guys didn't do anything, if you just sat there and went from room to room in a directional type thing, didn't interact with anyone, I have to talk two times as much as NPCs who come up to you and interact so we mm. just need to make Sting have to fully interact with us instead of us interact with him. We did that the first session. Yeah, I was we gonna did. say we were a limp fish the first night, and then... yeah, but that, that I expected that. That's why yeah. I was drinking. <laughs> but no, it makes sense. It, it was day zero. Is you make your characters and you get introduced to the story. It was day zero plus your first day ever playing D and D at all. Like I said, you're learning roll twenty and D and D. So I expected that. I was prepared for it. I wasn't upset. There's no hard feelings. I was prepared for it the second session, and you guys knocked it out of the park. I didn't have to do it. Believe it or not, it is less work for me the more you guys do. That's awesome. Yeah, and and, and that's what a, a good DM is surrounded by even better players, in a sense. I'm going to uh, just keep taking all of your NPCs hostage. <laughs> and, and I hate to say it, but if you do that, your character won't live long. <laughs> he might live long, but it will be behind bars because there will uh, be people coming for him. And so that that brings me to my next question. So, like, when your character you have dies, are you able to make another character and bring it into that current session, or do you got to wait? Yes, no, uh, you will be introduced in that session. It may be much later into the session, depending on where we're at and what situation we're in. If we're in a dungeon, you're most likely going to be introduced as a prisoner further through that dungeon and you're going to have your same backstory and stuff like that you were just walking down an alley you got hit in the head unconscious wake up in a dungeon okay. and you see our party walk in but like i said that could be five minutes down the lane that could be 20 minutes it, right. you will be introduced that session and it does suck when a player dies in combat halfway through a session i do feel bad but it does happen sometimes and that's something a player must always have uh, in the back of their mind. I could die any minute. It has to happen. You have to have repercussions for your character's actions. Yeah, and last session, uh, this most previous one, Jets's character almost died. I think you had two <laughs> I, or three. I would have died if you wouldn't help yeah. me out a little bit, like giving me hints. Because you're all, yeah. you're, in addition to being a dungeon master, you're also coaching and training us. Yes. And so you yes. stepped in and you have another spell. Yeah, you might want to hit that. And that was, I, I looked at your character sheet and I saw that this one spell you had. I was like, holy crap, why is he not using this? Because that, each time you did it, you only, you one shot at enemies. And I, I, I was like, hey, just so you know, and I'm throwing you guys bones here for now because you're still so new to it. I don't want your characters to die. I want them to develop a little bit. And I, I'm thinking probably next session, I'm going to throw uh, a little bit more danger at you guys as far yeah. as not letting you off the hook. But for this one specific one, you guys needed, you need some help because you, you're still learning. You scratched the surface of the dice. I, I almost died last session. I think at one point I only had two hit points left. Yes. Yep. 
You go running headfirst into stuff. Jets is over there meandering by <laughs> yeah, no, himself. No, 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 no. I did not I'm run take... headfirst into anything. I'm taking Shh. hostages, man. I, I'm doing that, important that work. That situation Tor walked into, <laughs> and then I think Diana wanted to go help the person, which caused everybody to get into, put into combat. I just stand back, dude. I'm not running in. I have boost my life spell and everything. I'm just going to... And that's actually good for the class that you're playing because you don't have as many hit points. Your HP isn't... Your health points aren't as high as the other characters. You're actually made for doing DPS from far back. I actually got a pretty good... When we leveled up, I got a really good hit point boost, though. I was actually really happy with it. Yeah, I rolled yours, and I rolled the highest possible number, and I was like, damn... Yeah, mine mine is horrible. My knife like thirteen. I'm like what? Yeah, and I think his was slightly higher than that. But I got a sixteen. I think sixteen, seventeen. So that is actually really good for a level two character. It's the way it works is each class has different hit points, health points total, and you roll to see how many you get every time you level up. So like, uh, say a barbarian, they use twelve. And a wizard uses six. I will roll a 12-sided dice when I hit level three to see how many more I get. And okay. Yeah, if that makes any sense. That's what I did yeah. for you guys when I leveled you up. And once once you guys are slapping it, knocking it out of the park, knowing where everything's at on your character sheet, I will teach you how to level up your own characters. And I will let you actually rewrite your characters if you want so you can pick out the spells that you choose instead of the ones that I just loaded in. That's okay. Even if Loring <laughs> was able to pick his spells, his, his team's still going to think he's a chicken shit for standing behind everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jets <laughs> has some really good spells. Oh, and, he's uh, going to need them. <laughs> yeah, your character's he's definitely so gonna screwed. Need yeah, long shadow is is, is gonna die. <laughs> oh, and sure. another thing that comes with D and D rolls, I forgot to say this earlier, is if you're trying to intimidate, threaten, or persuade someone, in addition to making your role, I need you to also tell me what you're trying to say. Like, hey, we, we just saved your city. How about 50% off? And the guy's like, you know what? You did just save the city. Take it for free. Like, <laughs> it, it Versus if you guys just say, hey, why, why don't you just give me 50% off? You see how different that sounds? Yeah. Yep. You, you got to be able to role play in addition to making good roles yeah, actually interact with that character as if you were standing in front of them talking to him yes and you guys and do amazing with that oh yeah we did i did that with the one chick that we had to save at the the gambling house very well Tarina. i'll help you but I'm, I'm taking half your shit yeah <laughs> and uh, you actually rolled pretty good so she's like how about a quarter of it <laughs> like, which right. it, it was still a lot of money too i think yeah i really should have killed Torino. <laughs> you know what's funny there is a section that's already pre-written if Tarina dies in that encounter. <laughs> I don't have to do a lot of work if a main story character dies. That's good. That's, it that's even better. Because then you're not like, <laughs> oh shit, I gotta scramble to get something put together here. <laughs> yep. How many I times need... have you uh, played this module? Uh, this specific one, yeah. I only played it twice. Uh, I've, not, okay. I've never completed it uh, 100% though. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. What I've made it to chapter three, and there's 4.5 chapters. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I believe we're on chapter 1.3 right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are progressing very well. I just need nobody to die on our team until I can reanimate them and make them my undead warrior. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Happen. Make Longshadow your undead warrior. 
It's going to happen because you're going to get yourself killed. <laughs> you would reanimate him, tell him to do something. He'd be like, nah, piss off. I'm going to go do this. <laughs> I would just, I'd release him and I'd be like, fuck that then. <laughs> grab, him by the, grab him by the throat. <laughs> I don't really yeah. feel like doing what you tell me. <laughs> I guess you don't feel like being able to walk around anymore. <laughs> My corpse just walks up and strangles you. <laughs> just drop the animation and you collapse back to the ground. <laughs> You know, you're gonna you're gonna hate my character even more, Loring, because my next banter with you is be like, "Look, you're a fucking necromancer. What? Look at me. I have three fucking followers. Yeah, I can't wait to kill you." <laughs> so when I used to play D anD D, I would pick one person on my team to like try to set up for failure. Yep. Just because I don't know, it's just what I always did, and yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm going to set set up for failure. Use Do it because you will fail. Push him into an enemy because you will fail. No, I don't think so. You can do that stuff too. A player versus player combat and player versus player interactions and contested roles are amazing because if Jets roll strength to try and push Sed down, Sed has to contest that with another role. Sed could get a nat 20 and Jets could get a 6 and he pushes uh, said and falls down himself because he trips <laughs> and, and said just turns around. What the hell are you doing? So player based contested roles are amazing. It, it does get a little tedious for a DM. If you're in combat with an enemy, like uh, you walk up and just in the middle of the combat, you're like, you know what? I don't like said anymore. I'm going to slap him instead. Oh, don't do shit like that. Come yeah. On. Yeah. Cause that, 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 if it's in character, like you, you were just like, you know what, next time I'm going to set him up and try and kill him. That's fine. But there has to be a good reason in character. Oh, so I just want you to know, it's not that I don't like him anymore. My character has not liked him from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Lies. But, yeah. You, gotta, you also got to plant that into the story. If uh, someone shoots a cannonball, you take a step to the right and you're like, oh no, it's going towards said now. And it hits said. You, you got to pl- do subtle plants and hints. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, my character plans to kill one of you. So this group is just fucked from the get. <laughs> yeah, 100% uh, is fucked from the get. No, um, we're going to complete the mission. Complete I don't it. know. <laughs> like between you wandering off and. No, no, we're going to complete the mission. Fuck so, it. So you guys, uh, so I didn't see the battle that you guys had. What battle did you come across? I split off in the dungeon because I go take uh, the massage therapist upstairs hostage. <laughs> and then I, I do a minor illusion spell to make her look like a troll because she's my muscle. She's going to be my meat shield. While that's going on, you guys run into trouble. What did you run into? I believe it was a husband and wife that was torturing a somebody. Um, they were sacrificing a dude on an altar, and husband and wife were apparently OP as fuck. Fuck, yeah, they were. Mm. And they were just, so what, like, Tor, Diana, and Sed got really close to them in their combat, and one of them had a multi-strike, and were just beating them down. Yeah, but we did the most damage. You hardly did any. What were the hit points <laughs> of those two characters, Dengay? Hang on one second, I actually have them right here. That was, are you talking about the, the husband the and wife? Was, yeah, the husband and wife. Give me one yeah, second. and then I want to know the hit points for the ones I killed. The ones you killed had 12, I know that. So they were pretty low? Yeah. D- I was wondering how I survived. They had Barely. 35 and oh, 56 health points. Wow. Dang. Yeah, and uh, that's not even really a lot. God, I didn't <laughs> run across them by myself. Yeah, by yourself, that would have been a lot. We could have yeah. snuck past them, however... Diana wouldn't wanted to help the dude that was tied up. 
Yeah, I'm actually surprised you guys helped him because and like actually let him. Yeah, no, not just that. My last group, they just walked up and killed him. Oh jeez, hmm. they didn't like they didn't they just like walked up and just killed put him out of his misery out. or yeah no they just walked up and killed him punched him right in the gut and killed him because <laughs> wow. he had one HP he was a prisoner oh my god I think that they were trying to just punch him in the gut and be funny but they killed him Jess was gonna grab him by the throat oh I was gonna kill him yeah 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 that totally would have killed him because he only had one HP left yeah I was planning to but it did not succeed no Jets, so he would have just face planted in the ground next to the dude oh Jets <laughs> rolled to kill him but he missed. Yeah, I got a, a really low roll. Yeah, the guys you were fighting only had 10 or 12, because I know you rolled a 15 and 13 damage with your thunderclap and killed I them instantly. instantly uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep. I remember that specifically because I thought it was amazing. All your right, character well, I... has a lot of good spells, Jets, and I'm really excited yeah, to does. see how far you progress with him. <laughs> he's, he's got a shortened lifespan but yeah he's on borrowed we've time. got a couple of sessions in him maybe and uh, maybe i'll figure out his spells by then yeah and uh you're also more than welcome to play another wizard it, it's like uh it's like your guys's rules in like orp you can't just come back i am john bon jovi jr and <laughs> the the son of my character you just guys killed you, you can't do that junior junior the third yeah. Can you also like when you come back as a different character, can you pick a different class and race? Yes. Or like that? Okay. You can pick uh you can pick an entirely different character. Or you can pick one with the similar stuff. It doesn't matter, but his backstory has just has to be different. That's really all it is. Yep. Alright. Well I think we're at time. Does anybody have any last questions? Anything they want to say before we end? Yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Sting Daddy, for your time. Yeah. Put a lot of time into these sessions and teaching us. I've really enjoyed myself, and I can tell I'm gonna have a real problem playing too much <laughs> of this game. But anyways, <laughs> thank you very much for doing that for us. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I really uh, appreciate you guys willing to learn and how quick you're learning. I was really again, I can't say how astonished and taken back I was how quickly you guys are learning and how good you're becoming at it actually in your second session that is I, I greatly appreciate uh, what you're giving me because you guys are giving me just as much as I'm putting towards you yeah yeah it's a lot of fun I'm, I'm having a lot of fun and I appreciate all of the dedicated time because I know that it, it does take time and not just from staying but from other people that are in the session and coming in on that the day that we play our session and just hanging out and as much as Loring hates me, it's fine. He can deal with me for that hour. Yeah. Yeah. I really try to limit the rest of it throughout the week, though, so I can sit through that <laughs> whole hour and a half or so. <laughs> yeah. Poor Raven. I think she plays two games back to back just to so show oh, play with oh, man. Yeah, she loves amazing. it, though. She is so, she's told me, she's like, I'm so addicted to D&D. &D. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. And yeah, definitely yeah, tune in Twitch to find out who I kill in our party. And then also, for me, man, your description is just, it's great, right? How you set the scene up and how you describe it. All the detail you put into it is just, it's awesome. You are, hands down, the best DM I've ever had. And I've had some really good ones in the past. Thank you. I appreciate that. So if you guys like that, like, visual imagery, you know, definitely check out the stream to watch that, because it's awesome. He helps you really paint the picture. And if you want to see, like... Uh, Sting Daddy RP himself. Say, I love Sting Daddy's RP. I think he's so creative and so hilarious. I will give you that, but I believe it's twitch.tv backslash Sting Daddy. Is it yeah, Sting Daddy? Yeah, it's Sting Daddy 69, yeah. 69, okay. So yep. it's Sting Daddy 69. Jet streams. We all stream here, and we'll be, I'll be uh, posting everybody's streams so you can check us all out. And uh, as far as places we should play together, I vote Cabo or Cancun. All, all inclusive second. resort. We can just be hammered. Play the game. 
Is there a Groupon for that? I'm sure there will be, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, right now is the time to look because everything's cheap because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Book now. Travel's starting to book up real quick with the vaccine out. Yeah, that is true. All right. Thanks uh, for everybody for coming and hanging out and talking about D&D. It was a lot of fun. I'm Sed, and everybody, stay nerdy.